Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. If your life experiences feel like baggage that's slowing you down rather than fuel that's moving you forward, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Life as Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is the CEO of People Building Inc., the co-founder of Blueprinted, and the powerhouse behind the What Are You Made Of movement. He's also the best-selling author of Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. He's been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build people. He had a fire lit in him at an early age, and that fire has ignited him with a fierce desire to compel people to see the greatness inside themselves using past life events to fuel their fire. Here is Mike Ciroc Ciroco. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Josh, thanks for having me. I, you know, I love to start every interview with gratitude. Uh, It's been such an important part of my life and, and changed things for me, gotten rid of everything to complain about and help me elevate. And I just want to thank you. And I want to thank your audience for showing up today. Well, I appreciate you being on too. And I like the precedent you're setting there. I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah, let's roll. What is some lesson saying or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Yeah. You know, I like to wake up every morning thinking that there's eyes on me at all times Mm. and people are watching me to see how I think, what I say, what I do how I respond, um, and what actions I take, like as far as the level of actions. So I I always feel like there's eyeballs on me. And so I think everybody should operate this way because you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard. But the other thing is we have uh, core values that we operate under, you know, with our company and I use them in my life. And it's, uh, it's an acronym vital. Now the, the letter L, the last one is leadership starts with me. And that reminds me, no matter what title, no matter what position, no matter where you are in your life, leadership starts with you. And people are going to follow you one way or the other. So those are the things that run through my head in regards to leadership. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Wow, man. A leader is always learning, always leveling up. And I would also say always aware of their current situation. In other words, assessing. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Whose hero can I be today? You know, how can I be the most valuable whatever today? What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? You know, I think leaders need to pay attention to their mindset and understand their mind and how it works. And so, you know, there's so many. But to me, one of the biggest ones was Dianetics or Science of Survival. Those two books um, made a big impact on my life and my leadership abilities. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Get a hold of their time. Hmm. Um, Time is one of the, you know, obviously it's one of the rarest commodities. There's only so much of it and it's so valuable. And most people do not manage their time or create time. And what I mean by that is, first of all, you have to assess what your time is being spent on. 
And then from there, you have to figure out ways to grow time by buying it from other people. So, but, but we waste so many, so many minutes. And I think that that's one of the most important things. And now we have our final arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I would say why not. I mean, I think anything's possible, man. I've taken the limits off of my mind, and I think everybody should. And once you do that, um, you realize that all thoughts can become real. Actually, thoughts are real, but once they become a thought, it's something that's actionable. It's something that can add motion to it. You know, see, thoughts, believe it or not, thoughts are a static thing, meaning that they don't move. Another thought can come, and another thought can come, but a thought is a static thing. But once you add motion, that's where magic happens. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you, and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news? It's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. Well, Mike, we're here today to talk about a number of things that you're doing today. First of all, you've recently come out with a new book, Rocket Fuel. You're also going to be unleashing a new project soon called Blueprint. And I'd love to hear from you first about your book, Rocket Fuel. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and why you decided to write it, compile it, and put it out to the masses? Yeah, you know, I started with podcast first. I just felt like I needed to get my story out because I went to a 10X growth conference back in February or January of 2019. And my stepfather had just passed away, who was one my mentor. And I was, you know, it's kind of searching for someone new to to lead me and get guide me. And you know, I, I ran into obviously Grant Cardone, but the the guy that was on the stage speaking that helped me learn about how important it is to share your story was a guy named Pete Vargas. Hmm. And he was on stage sharing a story about him and his father. And it's the first time in, in a in a on a stage in front of this many people. It's like thirty four thousand people, right? And he was sweating. He was nervous. I could see it. And I was observing it, but I was paying attention to his story as well and how he told it. And it connected with me, man. I felt like everybody else in the audience disappeared. It was just me and Pete. That's how good he was at telling the story and and the structure that he uses to share stories. And uh, I I just started thinking to myself, wait a minute, if this guy, Pete, can do it. And I'm I'm friends with Pete, so I can say this. And I've heard him say this before, that he was nervous and scared and sweating. But I thought to myself, if Pete can do it, I know I can do it. Nothing against Pete, but I just knew that if somebody can get up on that stage to do that, I know I can, and I have a story to tell. Now, I never shared my story before because I thought, no, no, this goes for a lot of people that I've noticed and observed. They either maybe think that their story is not a big deal and you know nobody would care about that story. Like, Why would I tell that to anybody? They're embarrassed by it. You know, that's another reason that people, like maybe they came from a poor family and they're embarrassed. I mean, I know I used to be embarrassed by the cars that we would pull up to the school in. <laughs> um coming from a poor family. And uh, at least we had a car though, right? Um, The other thing is people are afraid to maybe hurt their family's feelings or share the family information. Uh, But one of the most important ones I, I realized was that people underestimate the power of their story to inspire millions and millions and millions of people, maybe even change some lives. And so I realized that, that it's, it's a duty and obligation to me. It's an ethical obligation for me to share my story and my experiences with people so that maybe I could just maybe speed up the process for someone, save someone time or money, or maybe even save a life, which has happened recently. And so I started a podcast to share my story. And then I got thinking, I'm like, what's the next step? How cool would it be to be an author? 
Now, I had no idea how to write a book. I mean, obviously, you know, I know you sit down and write it, but I had no idea the process. I didn't know how to do it. I just knew that I wanted to write a book and I wanted to be an author. And if I was going to do it, Josh, I wanted to be a best-selling author because I think it sounds cool. I had no idea, literally no idea how I was going to do that, but I just committed to it. And then I took action on it. Remember, thought is static, but when you add action, which is motion, that's when the magic happens. So I started doing that. And you know, I wrote the story about growing up in a broken home. You know, I don't remember my family together, my, my parents. Uh, I grew up around a lot of broken people, drug addicts, alcoholics, suicide, depression, anxiety, all kinds of stuff. And every single person that I was around that had these issues would tell their self, themselves a story of why they were doing it, right? They were feeding themselves some kind of BS. I never bought it. You know, I would just never be okay with it. And I would call them out on it. And I don't know where I got that from. I, I think it's you know, when I was three or four years old, my mom used to tell me that I inspired her. I just remember this, this thing, like my mom said, you know, you, you inspire me. You're going to be a leader. And I think that's maybe where it came from, but I just never wanted to buy into people's excuses, so to speak. So I lived with my dad for three years and there was an abusive situation there. My, my stepmother and my mom had some issues. I, it was taken out on me. I used to sleep with my baseball bat when I was nine years old because I was afraid of what I was hearing and seeing and the threats that were coming. And uh, no kid should ever have to go through that. But I thought it was all normal at, you know, at some point. I just, I just thought like this is what you're supposed to live like. Until I started going out and visiting my friends' houses. When I got old enough to go over to my friends' houses and see their families. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't normal. I can have this kind of life. I want this kind of life. And Josh, I've always been the type of person when I set my sights on something and I want it, I go get it. <laughs> So and I had this just this like persistence in me. And so I uh, started to realize that well, this isn't normal. So I shared with my mom that I was what I was dealing with. And she said, are you serious? Like you, you shouldn't be in that situation. Like no kid should have to deal with that. I'm going to file court papers and get you out of there. However, like if I do this, this is serious and they're going to try to talk you out of it and you cannot leave me out to dry. So you need to stick to your guns. And I thought to myself, hmm. Stick to my guns, okay? That means if I want to do something, I believe in something, I got to stick to my gun. I got to stay with it. I can't give up. I can't quit. I got to go on no matter what anybody says because they're going to try to talk me out of it. So I've always had this thing in my head. People are going to try to talk you out of what you want to do. So I have to go hard and, and recognize that and use it as fuel, right? So eventually my dad got court papers delivered after weeks and weeks went by. Came home from school one day and the air in the house was thick. Like I knew something was up. And my dad had these papers in his hand and he said, go to your room. Now, I, I have these bricks back here um, because my dad had a masonry company and he was very successful. He, uh, you know, I always looked up to him for how hard of a worker he was. He had rough hands, big, thick forearms from carrying block and brick around. And he always used to carry this wad of $100 bills around because construction workers and Italian guys, they don't carry wallets. They carry wads, right? With a rubber band around it. And I thought that was the coolest thing. He used to flash $100 bills to us and just show us money and so he came back and confronted me about the paperwork that said that I wanted to move with my mom. And, and I said, you know what? Uh, I really don't want to get into a discussion about this. He said, well, I can't understand this because your mom's poor. She's got men coming in and out of the house. She's under a third marriage and you haven't made here. Why would you want to leave this? Now he must've been in denial of what was going on and the conflict and the fighting and all that that was going on. But I didn't get into discussion. I just stuck to my guns and said, nope, I made my mind up. He said, okay. So he takes that wide hundred dollar bills out. Peeled one off, crumpled it up, and he threw it at me and said, you're going to need this then when you're living on the street to your mother one day. To me, at first, I thought, what did I do? Like, what, what did I just do? But quickly after that, 
that stick to your guns kind of thing, that persistence, that inexorable, which inexorable means unyielding, unable to be stopped. That thing came into me and I said, you know what? I'm not going to need that money. I'll show you. From that point, when I was about 10 some years old till 40 something, subconsciously, I always would do everything I could to be the best that I could be at sports, work, you know, uh, school, anything I did, I tried to be the best because I didn't want to let him win. And I realized this about two years ago, I was going through some difficulties in business and I had to do a little bit of a self-assessment on my life. Like I wanted to look back and say, you know what? And this is kind of like trying to talk myself through this dark time, right? I got to get, I got to pick up. I got to pick up. We got to get recover. I looked and said, you know what? Everything that's happened to me in my life, no matter what it was, discouragements, setbacks, people screwing me over, my own screw ups, my bad decisions. I've always elevated no matter what. And I had, this is important. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. No matter what happens in life, as long as you survive, you always recover. And everything that you go through is either for fuel or training sessions. And what I was doing specifically is very strongly, I was taking everything that would come my way and stop a normal human being or slow them down. And I was storing it in my fuel tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down. Most people keep things in their trunk and they carry and they call it baggage, right? They keep it in the, and it's just holding them back. I was storing stuff in my fuel tank and converting it into rocket fuel for my future to come up, become unstoppable. And I kept doing this cycle over and over again. And so that it was a proactive approach at some point where I was like, I knew this now and I was aware. Everything that comes my way, my way that seems like it's there to stop or slow me down, it's not. It's my fuel. I need that. So I started looking forward to those kind of things to, to, to excel me. So I wrote a book about that. I wrote the stories that go into that and my mentorship with other super successful people, some interviews I've had on the podcast to share what other people's experience was with that concept of rocket fuel. So I want to get to blueprinted in just a second, but one of the things that is in your subtitle and you've just talked about a little bit is the idea of converting setbacks. What are some actionable tips that you can give to people, whether it's for your life individually or maybe even for a business to convert setbacks into something that is the rocket fuel for your next growth in business or in your personal life? A lot of people ask that question and it's not as difficult as people might seem uh, to think. It's, you know, it's actually a proactive approach. Like if you're in the midst of an adversity and close proximity and adversity, it's going to be a situation where you will not understand the rocket fuel concept at that moment because your emotions are involved, your chaos, confusion, there's so much going on. There's very little, if any, light at the end of the tunnel. So at that point right there, people just need hope to understand that just keep going and you'll get through it. Just keep going, get out of it and go, 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 go. But prior to that, proactively, if you just understand that no matter what happens, if you're committed to something, you have clarity and you're committed and you're consistent enough for the actions to go towards that, no matter what comes at you, you're going to get to it. And all the stuff that it would seem that's there to stop you or slow you down is fuel for you or something to learn. So when something comes your way and you have that feeling in your chest that hits you, somebody, a girl breaks up with you, uh, uh, an employee quits, you lose a contract on something, anything, COVID, you start to look immediately and understand that, okay, here's something that's considered a setback. Accept it. Don't deny it. And then really think about immediately what opportunity is here. Where's the opportunity here? Where's the lesson? And immediately take time out of the equation and start looking for that opportunity. Most people wait. They get in this victim mentality. They're woe is me. And they go through this period of time and they use this, whatever this event was, to blame for the reason that they're not successful. Subconsciously, they're looking for it and they're almost happy that it happened because they can use it as an excuse of why they're not performing. 
Instead of doing that, you take it and say, okay, how can I use this to be successful rather than the, use it as an excuse for failure? That's how you do it. Uh, and it does take practice. But once you figure it out, your engine starts to refine. You start elevating and you become, instead of like a Ford Escort, uh, Ford uh, Tempo, Ford um, a Focus kind of engine. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Right? Let's just say a golf cart engine. You become a Lamborghini or Ferrari engine. And there's some kind of line when you cross that line. You stop using all the toxicity from the past that I was using because it's not high enough octane fuel. You start looking for more fuel, which is the goals and targets and dreams that you set for yourself that you're now clear on because your engine's more refined. And that stuff starts pulling you forward instead of the old toxic stuff. Uh, I didn't write about that in the book. That's a new kind of new thought process that I've been going through with my coach and myself. And my engine is now more refined, so I'm starting to use that higher octane. And I want everybody to think about that. Where are you in that in that timeline? That's a super helpful word picture. And definitely in future iterations or courses, whatever else, I know you're planning to include that already, but it's definitely, it, it connects in a very visceral way. The next thing that I want to ask you about is your new venture blueprinted. It's not yet launched. And maybe as of the release of this podcast, it will have been launched, but it's just you know a couple months away. Can you tell us about blueprinted, what it is, how it can help people? Yeah. So first of all, you know, I'm, I'm ferociously in intent on getting results for people. For the everyday person that has paid for coaching, courses, trainings, gone to events, conferences, summits, and hasn't gotten results. And the coaches and trainers and, and, and creators and influencers got their money and that, they're fine with it. And that's fine. I mean, some people are good with that. Like, as long as I'm paid, I'm doing my job. If they don't go and get be, be successful and have results, that's not – to me, there's an ethical dilemma there. And so I saw this and I'm, I was thinking to myself, what could fix this problem? And so I thought about, about myself, all the things that I've done in my life. I've had success. I've made millions of dollars. But the thing about it was I did it all without mentorship and without a blueprint. I did it all based on hustle and grind, which is fine. But it took me longer. I made a lot of mistakes, cost me a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of relationships, believe it or not. And I just thought to myself, what if I had the blueprint to success in any area that I wanted? What if I had the step-by-step -step process from an expert that has achieved it, laid out to tell me, what do I do on Monday? When do I do it? How much of it do I do? What do I do on Tuesday? Now, on Wednesday, when I do what I'm supposed to do on Wednesday, if X happens, what do I do? And what if Y happens? What if it was all laid out and step-by-step, step, the, the blueprint was there to the, any success that you wanted? And I started thinking about different platforms that are out there, and there's nothing like this. So what we created and blueprinted, and by the way, it's B-L-O-O -O printed. It's a little different. Blueprinted, if you go to blueprinted.com, you can see the uh, we have a splash page set up for the pre-launch. If you put your email address in there, you'll get updates on the launch and all that. We will not spam you, I promise you. But what we did with this is we created a platform that's social media slash project management slash marketplace where creators, coaches, consultants, trainers, you know, uh, specialists, experts can go in and create reverse engineer their success in any area in our project management creator studio that we've created, the Blueprint Creator Studio. And then they can put it up on our marketplace and then they can sell that and help people achieve success. Now, we're looking for 250 founding creators, we call them blueprinters, to come in and we're going to build the blueprints for them based on their content. And those people, we're going to also help market it for them so they can do their marketing, but we're going to help market it for them as well because our success in this is their success and their success is our success. 
And so uh, that's what it's all about, man. This is a this is an industry disruptor when it comes to consultant training, coaching, because there's nothing else out there like this. And this will be a multi-billion dollar company at some point, but more importantly, making an impact and a difference. I love that vision. I, I like the idea of taking something that's not working as effectively as it should and figuring out a way to make it not only better for the people in the industry, but also the end product recipients. So you can actually affect people's lives in a way that they can see the results that they've been hoping to receive, but maybe have not yet actually realized in their lives. So I love that vision. Uh, I want to ask you before we finish the interview today, are there any final thoughts, things that we haven't discussed yet that you feel like would be really helpful for the listeners or maybe something you just want to make sure that you reiterate before the end of our conversation. Yeah, by the way, um, I'm on Clubhouse a lot and I have rooms discussing this topic. And if you guys are interested at all, find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Mikey Searock. If you DM me, if you're a creator, coach, consultant, trainer, expert, and you want to get involved and be one of the founding blueprinters, please DM me. I, I listen to everyone out there. I love to engage with people, but DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you can find me, I'm easy to find. But one thing I'll tell you, you know, I, I think that very, very important for people to understand, especially in leadership, is elevation is what we're all trying to lead people towards, including ourselves. And elevation stems from assessing where you are currently and understanding in all areas of your life exactly where you are so you know what point A is and how far point B is from point A. And then that you could properly calculate the effort to get to point B. You cannot properly calculate the effort it's going to take to get to somewhere, a target or a goal without knowing where you are. So that's one. And then two is proximity. Be in proximity to people that have been there before, done it before, know what they're doing. And the closer proximity you are to those people and the more consistent time you spend with them, that's where elevation comes from. Well, Mike, you've already shared some of the ways to get in contact with you. Is there anywhere you want to make sure that listeners who've connected with what you've shared today go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, my website is MikeCRock.com. That's C-R-O-C, MikeCRock.com. You can go there, check it out. You can get the book there. There's more information. There's going to be information about Blueprinted on there. And we're just excited to get this out to people, man. We want to, we want to make an impact. And I'm, I don't want to take a long time with this. I want to make it fast. I want to accelerate it. <laughs> All right. Mike, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you, buddy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow up, remember, as always, links are in the show notes below. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, 
It feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, Business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If Business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.